Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right, good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today, we are talking about life insurance policy loans and more specifically, how to take a life insurance policy loan and how to pay it back, the actual process of what steps you need to walk through in order to do this. I am Rachel Marshall, and this is Bruce Weiner. We're your co-host today. Good morning, and welcome, Bruce. Good morning, Rachel. Um, This is going to be a nice little uh, informative uh, uh, podcast, although maybe not as exciting as some people might want, but... uh, Oh, we can make anything exciting, Bruce. I'm sure sure it will be... uh, (laughs) It will be very, very useful, though, for some people. Yes. So let me um, share first with you why in the world we're talking about this topic. And again, I really do hope that we can make this a little bit fascinating and interesting for you. So the reason we're talking about life insurance policy loans is that it is a really key piece of privatized banking or using a whole life insurance policy, which means we have a whole life insurance policy, we're putting in premium, it's building up cash value. This cash value then, I don't want to just have it sit and accumulate inside the policy, I want to put it to work. And how am I going to put it to work? I want to be able to use that cash value in other investments, and most specifically, cash flowing investments, things like businesses and real estate. Now, the process of using that cash value means that we're going to borrow against it by taking a policy loan and keep this money inside the policy compounding and growing. We're going to be able to then put that money to work somewhere else. Now, we've done some foundational work on um, policy loans and why we use them. So I'm going to point back to a previous article and blog in the show notes for this particular episode. And I'll put it in the comments later as well here on Facebook about why you would use policy loans in the first place. But today we're going to dig more into how to actually walk through that process and kind of uh, remove any mystery or myth about that. Now, where does this fit in the cash flow system? This is so important and something we always come back to because life insurance policy loans is certainly not everything that you need to know about building time and money freedom. This is one small piece in a much bigger journey. So that bigger journey is first keeping as much of the cash that you make as possible. That's increasing your profit then you're protecting your money and making sure that no one event can come in and rob that wealth that you're building. And finally, putting your money to work, making additional money and making it additional income. So today we're going to dig into one piece, which is policy loans that fits into privatized banking, which is part of your protection element of your cash flow system. It is also a piece of how privatized banking makes everything in your financial life that much better. So, Bruce, today, um, let's talk about, first of all, just real briefly, um, from your perspective, what is a life insurance policy loan and why would you want to use it? Well, the, uh, what we're trying to do is get an external rate of return. We, we've mentioned this before on the show, but uh, there's three different types of returns in a, in, a, uh, in a policy contract, and that's an internal rate of return, an external rate of return. In other words, you're, getting, you're borrowing the money. Uh, from uh, against your policy values and then you're going to let it work for you somewhere else and then the final is an eternal rate of return and that's the the rate of return you would get uh, from your death benefit so those are the the three types of returns you get so that's why you would want an external rate of return not just having your policy 
values just sit there. You want them to be used as collateral to be able to borrow against those uh, that collateral. No different than if you're borrowing against other collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with this particular piece of collateral, you all you get a, a variety of other benefits such as uh, uh, a death benefit. You get some long-term care. You get some accelerated death benefit riders. But most of all, you get to control the terms of the payback. And I yes. think that's very, very important. Um, and why? Because the, uh, the, uh, it's, it's by contract that you get to control the, the payback terms. And I want to actually articulate something and emphasize something in what you just said. Having control is a huge piece of being able to create time and money freedom for you. And the reason that we use policy loans at all is that first you want this place to be able to store cash that you can access and that's liquid and available. And so the reason we use life insurance is that cash value of a whole life insurance policy is accessible to you. It's liquid because you have a guaranteed by contract as Bruce, you were just talking about a second ago. It's guaranteed by contract that you have the ability to borrow against your cash value up to the amount of your cash value. Or sometimes it's within like 98% or 99% of your available cash value. What that means is that you have money sitting available for you to access and use. So it's by contract that you have the ability to borrow that money. And also by contract, you have the ability to pay it back on a flexible basis. So all at once, you can pay just the interest, you can pay principal and and interest, you can pay it back over five years, over 20 years, all at once, you know, right away, you can pay back on a flexible basis. And so that control then in your hands means not only do you control the fact that you can access the capital, but you can control how you pay it back. Yeah, and that's really important when it comes to control. So we can, people can refer back to some of our other podcasts on that and they can see how it actually works. I think uh, Rachel, what our goal today is to actually talk about the process. Yes. And one of the things I've noticed from talking to hundreds of people uh, over this is that uh, there are two different types of people that have uh, have these types of contracts that are well designed. They have people that have um, basically set these up, and then they're on their own. So that they have to determine. Um, how to get the policy loans, um, how to pay them back, so on and so forth. And luckily, the insurance industry is starting to make inroads um, as far as putting a lot of these processes um, uh, available through the, through a, uh, a website so that you could actually take the loan um, through the website, re- uh, request the loan through the website. We mm-hmm. prefer people, we have a concierge service, so we prefer people to go ahead and call us and we can request the proper paperwork and get that to you and have you sign it and get it back. And a lot of people say, well, they, we just think that's bothering you. But what we want to make sure is that the process goes smoothly for everybody because, as I've said to our clients many, many, many times, is it's nice to have a buildup of cash, but it's even nicer to be able to use your cash when you want to get to it and get to it quickly. What I found with the uh, with the website request, there are additional things that you have to do to set up um, that sometimes gets overlooked, and that that is like putting in your bank account numbers to, to make sure that it gets transferred electronically to your bank account. People forget to do that, or they or they then forget to they they have all good intentions of paying back uh, the loans, but 
they say, well, I'm just going to get my loan now and I'll set up the paperwork to pay it back later. And then they mm. don't, and then they don't do it. And we want to be honest bankers here. We want to continue to, to actually have this money working for us, but paying it back like any good policy or excuse me, any good loan, you would continue to, to build up your capital for your next venture. So yes. the, the most basic thing here is you would make a call to us or hopefully to your advisor and you would say, hey, um, what is my available, the, the person would say, what is my available uh, loan value? And that particular person would tell them and then they would get you paperwork to actually, there's, there's a couple different pieces of paperwork you need. You need to sign that you would like to take the loan, whatever amount that loan is. You, you need to sign electronic, uh, electronic funds transfer so that the money gets transferred directly from the life insurance company to your bank account. That really expedites the process. Um, we've all dealt, dealt with the, uh, the postal service before, and it, it doesn't always work really, really well. And then finally, you need to have the paperwork done so that it's also electronically transferred the payment from your bank account back to your account um, at the insurance company so that you're paying back the loans on the terms that, terms that you uh, have determined. Now, those terms are you determine how much you want to pay back and what day of the month that you would like to pay that back. So mm-hmm. you can actually determine that. And the flexibility is, you, and as a matter of fact, I just did this this past week, um, a person decided to pay more back. So we changed how much they were paying. And we also changed the date that uh, she was actually paying the loan back. Now, one okay. thing. One so thing I'd to, like to point out just with what you're sharing there that there is flexibility. So we always advocate having a plan in place to be able to pay back that policy loan so that you're not just taking the loan and, and not understanding or knowing where the cash flow is going to come from to pay for it. But you're saying that there is flexibility even once you set that in place to be able to make changes, pay more, pay less. And again, this is another piece of the flexibility puzzle, if you will, because life happens. Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, the other thing that people, uh, when you work closely with your ad- advisor team, uh, they are, they are, they are very easily can, can make those changes for you um, by getting the the correct paperwork instead of fumbling around the website if you're not familiar with it because it's not like you're taking policy loans you know every day or even every month mm-hmm. um, we do these on a daily basis here so we know the, the procedures that uh, that need to be in place now here's here's the nice thing the EFT only has to be set the electronic funds transfer only needs to be set up one time. So as long, long as you have that set up, then in, in the future, all you have to do is call, request, sign a piece of paper, which can be done, um, can be done um, electronically if it's on the website, or we can send you a piece of paper that you can sign and then scan back or fax back to us. And then uh, the, most, most companies like to say that you're going to get your, your loan in five to seven business I was just going to ask you that. Let's talk about the timeline from, from decision to make the request to the exact point in time that they get the money in their account. Yeah, as long as you have the paperwork done, set up, then um, the companies ask us to say five to seven business days. But it's, uh, they don't like when I say this, but um, 
but it's been my experience that most of these good companies um, do get it into your account, electronic funds transfer uh, by five days. But uh, some of them, if you're working with a really good company, uh, will get it to you in 48 to 72 hours. And Which that's you know, awesome. I mean, that is it, very liquid then. It is very liquid. And here's what I tell people all the time. You know, we're also, we're also uh, financial advisors. So people might, may request money from their brokerage account. Well, there's a, you have to then, you know, sell an entity, whether it's a mutual fund or stock or a bond, there's a settlement date. And then they only uh, send that uh, money out to you, which is usually in a three to five day process also. So you're getting your money about the same uh, quickness as you're getting it from a brokerage account too. Um, if it's from a retirement account, such as a 401k or an IRA or something like that, then it actually uh, tends to take a little bit longer because there's with retirement accounts, there's much more paperwork involved. Um, and and then they, then they have to go through the uh, selling process again. And, and uh, it just takes a little bit, maybe a, uh, five to ten, 10 business days, depending on the, on the paperwork request. So just in comparing the liquidity to say a 401k, let's just make that quick comparison. So if I were to take my money from a 401k instead of from life insurance, there's not only you can take a loan or a withdrawal. And if you do the withdrawal, then you're going to end up paying taxes and penalties on that money. Correct. Right. Yeah, and then and also, if you take a loan, you're not able to get all of the money in the 401k in a loan, correct? Correct. Uh, it, it, it depends on the third-party administrator, but it's usually 50% up to $50,000. Whichever is uh, less, correct? Correct. So uh, that means you have much less liquidity. Let's just say you had $300,000 in your 401k and you said, hey, I want to take a loan to use this $300,000. You're probably not going to get access to that whole $300,000. It's going to be $150,000 or $50,000, whichever is less, which is $50,000. Right. And yeah, there's no probably you're not going to. You're not going to. Let's, uh, yes. Yeah. Let's clear that up and be more direct. Yes, you're not going to. So yeah. that just means it's much less liquid in a 401k in terms of your access to all of the cash. Correct. And, and uh, of course, you're going to pay the taxes and possibly penalties if you're not um, 59 and a half. And then in a brokerage account, um, you, you certainly all of it is liquid. But once again, we have the issues of paying the taxes from the capital gains. Uh, if there is, in fact, capital gains, um, there's no guarantee that your brokerage account has increased in value, where in the life insurance, there are guarantees that it will increase in, in value. So mm -hmm. the, the process um, is very, very simple, especially if you're working with a team that uh, does these on a, on a daily basis. And, the other, and, the, and another thing that people ought to know is when you make a payment back to the uh, company um, that really only uh, uh, charges it onto your account at the end of the year, now it's accruing, it's accruing the entire time but they actually only take it from your cash value if you do not pay it by the end of the year, at the end of the year. That every payment that's made, so let's just say you make a, a $1,000 loan and you make a $100 payment, once that payment's in there, it's all going to principal initially. So Very good if, to know, okay. Yes, so that if you want that money back uh, within 30 days, because you have to wait for the, for the processing to take place, so on and so forth, 
and it, and we always say said it say it takes about thirty days, although it can be a little quicker than that. But you can get that hundred dollars back for another process. Now I know I'm talking in really small numbers here. Right. People wouldn't request a hundred dollar loan. Uh, if they are, then they're doing something wrong with their financial life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just want people to know that with a good company. Um, we believe that the, one of the big advantages are, are that the payment is going, all the payment is going back to principal first. And they That's are excellent. Yeah. And they are not, they are not charging you the interest or taking it away from your cash value. If it's not paid until the end of the year. And of course it's only on the amount that's not paid. That is excellent. Okay. So this is giving even more reasons to use policy loans instead of another method of finding capital or collateral for a large purchase. And again, we're talking about things like investing in your business or buying a house or buying a rental property. Ideally, you want to be able to use cash value for opportunities because that's going to accelerate your ability to create cash flow in your life. But sometimes people need to use them as well for uh, purchases in their life of unforeseen expense comes up, you're able to use a policy loan for that as well. Yeah, I, um, call, it, I call it for big ticket items. And then people, good, say, yes. people say all the time, well, what is a big ticket item? Well, it depends on where you are in your life. You know, we espouse that you should have about uh, six months of money in reserve. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, some people want to have that actually in their bank account. Some people want to store it in their life policy contract. Um, but, you know, we say anything that um, it, you cannot pay for easily out of your, um, your regular checking account at a bank would be right. a big or, ticket. Yeah, ticket or I think of it as if it's not accounted for in my monthly cash flow. So if I make $20,000 a month and, I, and this item is outside of the bounds of my normal spending, it's a $50,000 item, that's clearly not something that you had already planned for and accounted for in your spending plan for that month. Mm -hmm. So if it's larger than your monthly cash flow can handle. Um, Bruce, I also, before we leave this podcast, because I think that we've done a really good job already, I want to talk really quickly, what happens if you do take a policy loan and you decide not to pay it back right away? And I do want to um, put a caveat with this, that it is very important to make sure that you have a plan to pay back a policy loan. The reason is because you want to be a good steward of your financial resources. It's not required that you pay it back upfront or that you have a schedule to repay the loan, but you want to be thinking of this capital is valued valuable to me, the, the idea of economic value added. There is, there's a cost to using capital, whether it's cash or whether it's using other people's money. You always want to factor in, if I'm using cash, how am I going to have a repayment schedule? Because that's going to put you ahead further financially. But let's just say somebody was in a position where they took the loan and maybe it was for, um, I mean, we don't do a lot of work with people who are flipping houses or, or rental or properties, but let's just say that they use a big amount of cash and they bought a fixer upper and put some cash infusion of capital to do the renovations and they knew they were going to sell at a later date and then they were going to use the sell price and the, the cash that they made from that to repay the loan in full. Let's say that that, that was a process, a, a length of time, maybe a year or something. What is going to happen to interest on that loan if you don't repay it right away? Well, it gets added to the cash value. Um, at the anniversary date of the loan. Um, I'm sorry, the anniversary date of, yeah, of the loan. Yeah, one year, the one year loan. So it just gets added added to that. And um, 
when I say added, I mean it actually subtracted from the cash value at that time. Now, a well-designed anniversary date um, will also, you will also be getting dividends and guaranteed cash. And as long as the dividend and the guaranteed cash is greater than the, than the loan uh, interest, interest rate, interest, no, excuse me, not rate, interest, then your cash value will still grow. Uh, that has to be monitored uh, very well um, because um, if it doesn't, then the cash value will decrease. And if it continues to decrease, then, and you're not adding additional premiums or LPUAs or things like that, then, um, then your policy is at, at danger of lapsing. Right. Um, and so that's so that why would be, we want to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, so that would be somebody who took a maximum policy loan, say for instance. They took all the cash value they could. They did not have a plan to repay and the loan interest continued to accrue and it was growing. The interest on the loan was growing faster than the dividends and interest, meaning that your cash value is continuing to go negative. So I would say this is a really good reason to utilize the concierge service and be able to contact us, specifically if you're working with us, contact us to take the policy loan. If you're working with another advisor, you can do the same thing. But if you contact them, you can work with your advisor to not only figure out how to best strategize and strategically take the loan and get the right amount of capital, but then also the right strategy for repayment, because you want to make sure that your policy it's this living, breathing thing. I mean, it's not a stationary object. It's not something that only has changes happening to it, you know, once a year or once a decade. This is something that is moving on a regular basis and there's pieces that are growing. You really want to make sure that you're optimizing and maximizing the use of every dollar. And we can help you do that, especially if you're working with us with that policy. Um, I would even go as far as to say, though, if you have a policy with someone else and you're trying to figure out how to handle a policy loan situation, we would be very happy to have you reach out to us, talk to our team, and we can talk you through the best strategic way to be able to utilize that policy with a policy loan. Bruce, is there anything that we missed with this conversation uh, today? One thing I just want to emphasize, and because there's so much stuff out there uh, on the internet, is um, when, you're paying, when you're paying interest, you're actually, you are paying interest to the insurance company. You're not paying interest back to yourself. Yes. Now, good point. And other other people would say otherwise. I mean, you probably in the privatized banking world have heard pay yourself interest. So this is the the misnomer almost that you're talking about, right? Well, yeah. And and some people, when they say it, they are actually doing it because what they're really doing is they're not maximizing the PUAs. And so what they're doing is they, uh, they're going to be in charge 5% by the, by the insurance company, but they're paying 8% back into their policy. So the 5% does go um, towards the actual interest that is charged by the insurance company. And the additional 3%, people say, well, you're, you're, um, you're actually charging yourself interest and you're growing your cash by the additional 3%. But all you're doing is, buying more PUAs, paid up additions. So if you maximize your right. PUAs anyway, um, it's just a way to kind of fool yourself into saving money, in, in my opinion. Which again, uh, your point is extremely important that if you're already maximizing a policy and you're already putting in the, the full paid up addition that you can based on your policy design, there is not room to put in extra cash in that correct, way. Correct, correct. And um, 
And I just think that's a really, maybe the most important point of the entire podcast, um, because that this is such misunderstood by the general public. And frankly, Rachel, it's misunderstood by a lot of producers, insurance um, producers um, that, Absolutely. That, that claim this. And uh, even the point where they say, well, yeah, I know, I know it's above the 5% that they're being charged, but you're paying the interest back to yourself. You're, you're technically, technically, you're not paying the interest back to yourself. You're just buying more PUAs, which if that's, if, if you're, if you explain that to, to clients, I think it's okay. But I think there's a, a real misnomer that people are not getting charged interest uh, by the insurance company. They're paying it back to themselves, and that's just not what's happening. And I think I can even maybe hopefully make this even more succinct and clear for somebody who maybe is not as familiar with this idea. When you have cash value, that is your collateral. When you take a policy loan, you're not taking out your money. You are taking a policy loan from the life insurance company. They are giving you their money. So essentially, when you take a policy loan, not essentially, when you take a policy loan, you are not using your money. You're using OPM or other people's money. What the life insurance company does then is they put a lien against the portion of your cash value that is for the the dollar value of that policy loan, meaning my cash value stays fully intact and I'm able to continue to grow the full cash value and what happens then is I'm not reducing my cash value. I'm reducing my available cash value, but the total remained the same. I have a lien against a portion of it, meaning that I can only borrow the portion that is uncollateralized. But when you take a policy loan, you are not taking cash value out of your policy. You are borrowing against it. And that is the reason why you, when you pay back interest, you're paying back interest on the loan, which is to the life insurance company. You're not paying back interest to your loan. You're paying back to the life insurance company. And so you are paying, you're not paying yourself interest. However, you are continuing to earn interest on your full cash value the whole time in addition to paying interest. And this kind of comes back to another idea that we've discussed before. There's always, 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 always a cost of capital. If you pay cash, you are giving up the interest you could have earned had you kept that money. If you take a loan and use other people's money, you are paying interest to use that money. However, if you keep your cash and finance, you are in a position where your cash value is continuing to grow. So you're earning interest. Meanwhile, you are paying interest. You will always pay interest. And that's final. You'll always pay interest no matter how you finance. But the, the advantage is when you have the ability to also be earning interest at the same time. So earning interest while paying interest is different than saying I'm paying myself interest. So I hope that might um, add a little bit of clarity there. Yeah, very good. And Bruce, I think this is a wonderful concept that we were able to share today. If you are in a position where you're wondering, why would I take a policy loan? We do have a resource for that. So we've done videos and we have a lot of foundational ideas and concepts about privatized banking that I'm going to direct to in the show notes and in the links on Facebook. If you have questions about taking a policy loan or privatized banking, we would love for you to comment in the comments below. Um, if we've answered your questions or if you have additional questions, we would really love to know that. So thank you for being with us on this journey today and on this episode. And so in closing, I would just say, again, if you are looking for privatized banking, you want to implement that in your own life, you're interested in whole life insurance or insurance of any kind, or if you are looking for privatized, I'm sorry, or if you're looking for cash flow strategies to increase the cash flow that you keep from the money you make, or you want alternative investments that are going to be disconnected 
from the stock market and give you a position to be able to increase your cash flow with your assets, we would love to talk with you. You can book a strategy call and you can do that by going to themoneyadvantage.com and there is a link that says, a big button that says access calendar. Now you can get right on our calendar with a free 30 minute strategy call. Now we would love to see you in that conversation. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a business and life that you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.